<laughs> oh boy all right welcome to an exciting edition of the Illuminati podcast i'm your host nathan bond join alongside me as always robert steeg seth farnador and we have brought in for the second week in a row dr matt morrison uh, I'm sure he's got, got a bunch of letters behind his last name. I'll let him uh, tell you all of them. But let's jump right into it. Guys, hell has frozen over something that has been in the works for decades. Finally, it is just eking across the finish line. USF football will have a new home in their $340 million on campus, the stadium, butts in seats, Lord willing, 2026. Let's freaking go. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Steve's <laughs> uh, got the hard hat on. He's ready to contribute. I never thought I'd see the day. <laughs> You know, I I figured we'd all have the uh, the muted reaction that the board of trustees had when the uh, when it passed. I think Nick said it best. It was like, "All right, next business, uh, we're gonna we're gonna move on to uh, DSO and and get that approved really quickly." I wonder why. <laughs> now let's just slip that in right after the biggest uh, announcement in oh USF athletics history. You know, since they approved the football team, let's just slip that right in. And uh, oh, and we're carrying on. All right, master plan. Let's go. Yeah, does that show an increase in sophistication to slide that in right after? Just to, in terms of uh, media strategy. Yeah. Can you? Uh, was it ten thirty a.m. Something? I think that's <laughs> yeah. what they did on a Tuesday. <laughs> They they definitely chose it strategically because uh, they take that was after like ESPN and the Athletics at a notification and then like I, someone mentioned oh they're like talking about the DSO right now and I was like perfect timing <laughs> no one's gonna give a shit everybody wanted to go right up the story now let's talk about the DSO Nathan what is a DSO for all those no, wondering and, and bad with acronyms even I don't even want to crap on it. So a DSO is a direct support organization. The University of Florida has one. Uh, FSU has one. Central Florida has one. It basically protects um, any department, any kind of entity at a university from Sunshine State laws, um, which is why everybody... We all know we have no idea what Brian Gregory's buyout actually is. We don't know what Jeff Scott's buyout actually is. It's because the bulk of that contract is hidden within the USF Foundation, which is already a DSO. So that, hey, if you fire a coach, you only have to pay him 20 weeks worth of salary. It's never true. So that's what we're getting with with this DSO. Now the athletic... Uh, department will be under DSO. So they're going to be able to hide a lot more stuff. The thing that should concern a lot of people, and I know today is probably not the best day to bring up something concerning after literally getting $200 million in debt services and all like getting us seriously. It's, there's no accountability. It's how Doug will 
Fuller was able to double up on a contract. It's it's the extensions of all these coaches that we have no idea what the buyouts are. Um, that it's the Charlie Strong saga all over again. It, but now it's for perpetuity and foreverness. So it's you know watchdogs like us who try to keep that part on and make it a lot harder for us to do that, especially you know this university historically has not been great at spending money wisely and now they're under the cover of this DSO and they can run rampant and I get see I think you you may be able to uh, discuss this um, coherently as well as as well as Dr. Matt but when you're trying to get a 340 million dollar stadium off the ground eh, you know maybe you want to do some of it in the dark and I get it yeah it's it's, it's kind of like a it's a necessary evil for USF to take the next step uh, for what they want to do and what they want to be. Um, it's for, I would say for a majority of the people that would make up the 35,000 plus seats and, you know, a little bit extra for standing room in the new stadium, I'd say for about 34,800 of them, like it wouldn't matter. It's mostly like a media thing and, and, you know, we, we hold USF as accountable as possible. And this is just basically another hurdle that we would have to, it's insurmountable to, to even get past at that point. So I, I would, uh, I would, I would argue to say for most people, it doesn't matter. Um, you know, from, from the, the devil on one shoulder says like, this is bad. Like this is really bad. But then like the angel on the other side is like, yeah, but they're going to build a new stadium with it. It's going to look really sick or it should be the other way around. But yeah, right, well, let's bring in the, let's bring in the devil on your shoulder real quick. Let's say you mentioned the BSL or makes you shut up. <laughs> you say there's three letters. It's like touching in a mirror. Hey, <laughs> boys here. Beetlejuice. Um, yeah. Uh, how are you boys? That's the thing. Good day for the bulls. We're good. We're just yeah, talking we about DSS. What you talking about? We had all of our 2007 goals. It's great. Yeah, it's great. Um, I don't know if you can hear me on the microphone or the. Uh, it's for some reason not accepting my microphone. And then I was like sitting here. Um, so, yeah. Um, DSO bad. Stadium good. So DSO um, basically allows the university to hide public records. That's basically. The only reason it kind of exists, they would argue things such as, oh, we'll have more control over certain um, management processes that will be exempt from some state um, uh, requirements that are like, you know, that the rest of the state has to work with. But that's crap. Um, The reality is it's so that they can hide money, they can move money around, and that they can hide documents and hiring processes and things like that. I have fought this for years and years and years. I never doubted that this day was going to come. Um, you know, every other, basically every other big school in the state of Florida has gone this route. Um, Florida famously has some of the most permissive sunshine laws in the country. Um, it is just now that under the last, you know, four to eight years of, um, yeah, and, and even going back a little bit further than that, um, those laws have just been chipped away at and chipped away at and more exemptions have been put into the law, um, not just in education, but in, you know, all sorts of, like, for example, right now, um, Ron DeSantis can travel on a statewide plane and nobody has to know where he's going. They don't have to report his location, his anything, despite the fact that he is the um, governor of the state. 
and using taxpayer dollars to make those trips. So this was this was inevitable, um, especially with this board, which you know is I would say um, very business friendly. This is something that makes business easier to handle theoretically, um, and it also allows them to move some stuff around. So it, it doesn't surprise me. Um, you know, I'm I'm very against it. I hope I hope that some of the things that were said today in the meeting about how um, public records will still be available and things like that, um, that those things won't change. We'll see. You know, the proof will be in the pudding when push comes to shove on something like this. But yeah, I mean, the only reason I ever got that Woolworth second contract, um, the secret contract, and the fact that he was getting paid a million dollars on his last day at the university, and by the way, that was me, um, was because of public records. So much of the stuff that I found is because of public records. Um, there was one thing that happened that I still don't publicly talk about where we over provided public records to me and violated, uh, the <laughs> Steve, I can see the Steve smile in this exact little story I'm talking about. Um, and too many public records were provided to me because nobody even had the foresight to just take a look at the hundreds and hundreds of pages that I asked for before they were turned over and the, uh, privacy rights of the lives of athletes were violated. I never did anything with it. I didn't, you know, it was a story. I just sat on it. I, I didn't think it was, it was worth it. It was clearly a, a clerical mistake. Um, because it was bad, you know? So, <laughs> but the reason that, that I couldn't get a hold of anything was because of public records requests. I thought some of the exemptions that the university had claimed over the years were kind of crap. I had talked to some, um, attorneys at the, at other news outlets about some of the things that were denied to me over the years. And they said, yeah, you've got a case, you go to court, you'll probably win. Um, good luck hiring an attorney that's going to take the case and then you can afford. So, you know, um, it, it's tough, but it is what it is. This was sort of inevitable. This is the way things are going. This is the way things are going in the state of Florida right now. Um, so I try not to dwell on the negative and I didn't say anything about it today, but you know, this was, it's just going to happen. And, you know, just if you're a donor to the university, if you are someone who is a stakeholder in the university, ask every year for an annual itemized budget, you know, ask every year for income and ACTO and, and an annual report that should show where all of the money is coming in and out of that is not just broken down to these large categories like football recruiting X amount of dollars or, you know, staff benefits X amount of dollars, like an itemized, fully itemized budget. Um, I want to know the Fortillo's budget. Yeah. What's the Fortillo's? Um, to, yeah. The Fortillo's budget. I, I want to know what you are. Can I tell the story? I can tell them. A certain administrator with all of you are familiar with famously used to put in for reimbursement to go to Jersey Mike's for lunch. Jersey Mike's was on Fowler Avenue across the street from campus and they would put in for mileage. So, uh, you know, we would find those kinds of things out by public records requests. Um, I'm not going to blow up anybody's spot, but yeah, I mean, some things happened over the years, you know, and I always really like to find out about the things they tried to hide, the things they tried to hide when they were stirred up. Um, and it wasn't just me, you know, Joe Knight did a really good job with a lot of this stuff. Greg Allman used a lot of this stuff when he was here. Um, I think Brett McMurphy did as well during his time um, covering the program. And a lot of ways, you know, if they don't tell you, you, you don't have a way to find out. Sometimes we just, they're going to hold the line and not tell us anything. And then we find out that, you know, the football, their basketball team is 
missing a player at an airport because a player's mother tweets it out. That's kind of how we find stuff, you know? And But these public records requests were also a way for us to show the, the accountability of the university. Um, right. Whether they continue, I don't know. So I'm, I'm sad about that. But, you know, I hope that they hold to the same standards despite being a DSO. But now they legally don't have to, so we'll see. It's always fun. Uh, our our Lord and Savior uh, Nathan Bond is as uh, as affectionately uh, called uh, hot dog water and it uh, kicked out. So uh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to roll this on a fly. But uh, talk about DSO first, just to get the negative out of the way. Um, spend uh, twelve minutes on that, and we'll spend the next uh, forty five minutes on the positive side of things. Hell yeah, we're gonna have a fucking stadium. Holy shit! Um, God willing, uh, you know in the next couple of weeks when they have that, uh, that state, uh, meeting and in Tampa that they don't just pull the, pull the rug from under us and be like, yeah, and you know what USF, we don't approve you guys actually, uh, building that stadium. Um, that'd be arguably the, the, the funniest timeline would be like whomever, I don't even, I don't know if it's a Ron DeSantis kind of like has to sign the paperwork or whatever. Uh, but whomever is going to file like, that approval is like, you know what? Nah, we don't want them to have this. We, 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 state of Florida doesn't approve. And all of this uh, just goes to waste because if I could probably be so frank, this last approval is arguably the easiest approval for them to get. Um, I, I, I don't think they're going to get met with much resistance uh, because they're so business friendly between, uh, you know, Will Weatherford and, the representatives from the uh, state of Florida that are going to be making this decision. So uh, that's the next hurdle for uh, the on-campus stadium. But the board of trustees vote today uh, was probably uh, uh, more of a formality at the end of the day. Uh, 13 yays, one nay. Um, I think that was pretty much what we all kind of expected, right? Yeah, it seemed like that was all moving towards this, right? These are just kind of... Uh, yeah. You got to keep these votes up for almost appearances at this point. It's just, it's kind of going through, right? Uh, I did want to ask you guys about um, the piece that came out last week uh, from Matt Baker talking about the economic feasibility of the stadium uh, before the approval. Uh, Did you guys get a chance to read that? I know a couple of you have. Has everybody got a chance to read that? Yeah, I skimmed it over. Yeah. Uh, What were your thoughts, Dr. Matt, as somebody that's kind of in in kind of academia, him going to a seemingly kind of a, a random group of professors there. What, what were your thoughts on that article, if you had any? Well, so uh, the the professor from uh, Holy Cross that uh, Matt Baker went to and interviewed is uh, is pretty well renowned as a sports economics. economist. He's one of the co-authors of a commonly used textbook. So the guy really knows his stuff. And if you take the uh, position as he appears to have taken is that generally uh, new stadiums are bad. They don't deliver um, the economic benefit they purport to. It, I, it's hard to argue. Um, in, in general cases, I think a lot of uh, uh, cities are having uh, you know, buyer's remorse on that. I think the interesting thing that he uh, focused on uh, that it's important to dig into why USF is a unique case and why it's something that it's this $340 million investment actually has the potential on return is because of USF 
it's, it's not like it's just always been this low attendance. There has been signs that you can really build a fan base. Uh, Khan alluded to certain things about um, needing to rebuild that connection with the local community. You have a 35,000 seat stadium as it looks like they're going to build. Um, that's one way to get people back on campus. It's a sign that USF is getting its act together, making that kind of connection with the community, which means that that improvement on the revenues that they were talking about in the article, there is a feasible pathway to it. Obviously, you have to win. You have to make the effort to rebuild that. But I think in a lot of the other cases um, where the stadium, uh, when it didn't provide the economic benefit is because they kind of overstated the potential growth. Whereas with USF, I think there actually is a really strong potential growth. Um, the reason why they've been struggling with attendance is a, issues with the uh, connections with the local community. The transportation from Temple Terrace down to uh, the Buccaneer Stadium can be uh, challenging for uh, students, particularly students who are the uh, of lower incomes. Uh, and to tell you a quick story, when I moved down uh, from Baltimore and went to Tampa, uh, my first thought is like, you know what? I'm going to support the Rays. I'm going to go to a lot of these games. And I was living uh, in Temple Terrace, and I quickly found out how hard it is to travel down to St. Pete, especially when you're a grad student. Um, so the location, uh, Tampa has a lot of sprawl, which means that a lot of people who uh, went to USF, they're kind of closer to where the stadium will be, which means that it's easier to access. So you have that opportunity. We're not also not paying the fees. Uh, to the Tampa Bay Ray, uh, Buccaneers owner. So there's that. Um, also, there's an interesting opportunity where they pitch it. It's about concert, they want concerts to come in. And when you try to build a 50, 60,000 seat stadium, there are only so many Taylor Swifts in the world. Right? You, but having a niche about, of somebody who can get 35,000 into a uh, stadium, there, I think there's a lot more of those. And I think that if you play it right and you can demonstrate that you can get fans in there, you can make more revenue. Um, I think the, the last thing I'll, I'll point out is that uh, I, I do empathize a lot with faculty who are frustrated. Um, even As I will say that the $340 million that wouldn't have gone into facilities and there weren't, as it was an investment from 2007 through 2020 on football. So the, the issues with the uh, USF academic facilities are not because of investment in athletics. Hopefully, this might actually bring in uh, more benefactors to the university. Um, but you might be in another institution, and I'll, I'll use the University of Mississippi as an example. Uh, they were going to build a new STEM building, and um, some funding issues happened there. And in the meantime, in the nine years where they had put shovels in the ground and then just left it there literally to grow weeds, they built, uh, they rebuilt both end zones of the football field. They built an entire new basketball facility, which unfortunately is not translated into uh, SEC tournament or NCAA tournament appearances. So some of the faculty, they are pretty bitter. So from that perspective, especially if they're coming from other institutions where those kind of things have happened, the bitterness uh, or the frustration, actually frustration is a much better word. I believe that's a lot uh, it's fair. I, I do think that um, if we do it wrong, it can go horribly wrong. But I think it's really important that we have the right people. As I mentioned on uh, last week's podcast, um, Ray Law, 
from everything I heard, she's doing an amazing job. Michael Kelly is building all these relationships. It takes time. And the time it's going to take to do that, we're in the AAU. We've got the new IPF. We're going to have a new on-campus stadium. So I think that, um, it, you know, Colin, of course, can speak a lot better about the DSO and being a forthright. But there's a right way to do it. You build a really good stadium that has a good reputation. Uh, it's structurally sound. Um, it's some space that people want to go. You, you build a, a quality program, and then you uh, develop a good threat family environment with uh, concerts that can attract some people in the uh, thirty thousand range. Um, it can go really well, and I think that that's where uh, the interest of the state comes in. It's like, hey, we can potentially really revitalize and build up an entire new economy right around Temple Terrace. But uh, to, and I'll stop on this. But it has to be done correctly, otherwise the concerns are in the article with valid. Yeah, I, I, my, when I, I those are all great points. I, when as I read it, I kind of thought that um, you know I think if you're talking to people that aren't familiar with what's going on at Colin see you, you guys can both talk to this a lot more intelligently than I can being a little bit more plugged in, in the area. Um, it seemed to be, if you're looking at just as a pure football program standpoint and you're, I'm looking at the revenues of football program brought in the last five years, then yeah, maybe it doesn't make sense. Uh, it seemed like everyone he interviewed, uh, thought it would be difficult to find events to fill the stadium. Uh, it's my understanding that there's pretty close relationships with, um, within the USF community with uh, like the groups that are booking Amelie and, and the people that are doing stuff at Ray J. So would it be as difficult as some might seem to get events there, Colin or Steve? You guys could probably speak a little more intelligently to that than I could. So yeah, Vinick Sports Group is going to handle this. So yeah. those are the people you want making those sales. You know, they already have Amelie. They're plugged in. They're drawing concerts into this area already. They're, you know, their job is to go out and sell. And, and to get people to use this new facility wherever it's built. Um, I, I don't know the exact details of that partnership. Um, and I'll never get them because it's a DSO. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, as far as I know that, that they have, you know, as from what I've been told, they have the rights to um, film building, you know, and that also includes um, inventory such as naming rights, you know, uh, signage, all that kind of stuff, all that they'll have any sort of corporate money that comes in that has been passed around a couple of different places over the year. ESPN out of Charlotte had those rights for a long time. Um, yeah, not Jefferson pilot, the other company, Jason Wake Forest. Great. name is just escaping there. No, no, um, no, it'll come to me I, I, when I'm sleeping at night, it'll come to me, but there's a, a large media rights company, um, that handles everything from like radio ads all the way through signage and things like that. Um, you know, and they had our rights for a while, but now Vinick has those, and those are the that's the guy you want, you know, in this town, especially. So I think that's good. I thought, I thought Baker caught a lot of shit for an article, um, because USF fans are like, why is everything so negative all the time? And I'm like, y'all, you've won one football game since 2019 that matters. Like, there's not a lot of joy to write about around here right now, okay? People can be. There's just not. So there can be concerns about this stadium and the the cash flows. Um, I understand those concerns. I agree with Will Weatherford that it, it makes more sense to take this chance than to not. So I'm, I'm 
think that is the, the right way to approach it. It is okay to express concern. The Vegas Knights go three one. Let's go. Um, <laughs> so I I appreciate those concerns, um, but for me, the part of the article that doesn't get deep enough, and this is not on Baker. This is because USF makes it really hard to find this stuff. And if I hadn't been there for 15, you know, around this place for 20 plus years, I wouldn't know this stuff. Every time you cop a ticket to Ray J, it costs USF $2. If they give away a ticket, it, they have to pay the Tampa Sports $32 for that ticket. They get 3,000 parking spaces at Ray J. They can sell those and that's how, you know, if you get your parking pass, they get the revenue on those 3,000. Anything over 3,000? Like, yeah, I guess 15,000 parking spaces to the Alabama game. Zero dollars. You buy a beer, zero dollars. They get the little merch stands at like the at four of the entrances, the little like stand up tables and things like that. I didn't know what the revenue split is there, but it can't be that fantastic. Um, the cost of playing at Ray J, you know, if they open up one side of the upper deck, pay more money. Open up both sides of the upper deck, pay more money. Um, the amount of revenue that they lose because of being in a terrible lease deal. And the reason I say it's a terrible lease deal is because this stadium was publicly financed 100% by the taxpayers of Hillsborough County um, by a ballot initiative that raised the sales tax one cent that some of the money went to the library, some of the money went to some other things, but a 20, I think it was like 20 some percent of that tax revenue went to build the stadium. The, the Buccaneers did not put a dime towards it. And then when the thing opens up and they have complete control over the rights to it, they just give USF the worst deal ever. And they have consistently done that for a while. Well, what's the comparison here? Go to Pitt. Go see Pitt's deal in a stadium that the Steelers actually put some money towards to build. And they give the Panthers a much, much better deal than USF has ever gotten. I I tried to write that story over the years. Um, I tried to tell that story. It didn't really go anywhere. Nobody really picked up on it. Um, you know, it, but USF has been in a terrible, in a terrible financial, you know, they could do all of these things for football, but except for the donations to buy the season tickets and the season tickets themselves, they're not generating any ancillary revenue on the stadium, like at all. And it's costing them a ton. Alien. Let's go. So, um, <laughs> that's the revenue piece that I think people are missing is that you're going to get all that money. Now. That's all your money. The parking's your money. You don't got to pay $2.50 every time somebody walks in the door. Yeah. You know, like this is revenue that you're going to be able to keep on your own campus. So I think the floor of, of what could be terrible is not nearly as bad um, as people think, because there's just a baseline of revenue that's always going to be there around the program. Fine. But the the upside, you know, they're going to need to find some upside here. And I appreciate that they're saying, we're going to lose money the first two years. That's okay. You know what I mean? They're, they're willing to invest in this part. And they're saying, you know, this stadium's not going to pay for itself at first, but it will in the long run. It's the best thing for the university and the culture of the school and building a successful football program. And we're going to take that hit in the short term because in the long run, we know it's going to be um, a positive. Right. So, you know, the, the other thing that I want to point to is that, let's be fair, the Sundome, the money that was said to be coming in the sun, the performance of the Sundome, uh, it didn't work out. You know, it just flat out didn't. We haven't sold, you know, how one was the Sundome redo? 12, 13. It was the first season was 2012, 2013. We were in there because it was the year after we played at Amelie Arena, which was 2012, which was the last time we went to the NCAA tournament. Remember, USF has not played in an NCAA tournament while playing the regular season at the Sundome 
since 1992. So, uh, <laughs> uh, men's basketball. So, I, I understand the concerns. What makes me happy about this um, is that they didn't, it's not crap. You know, they, they've been up front. This is how the money's going to come in. We've got, we're selling spectrum. We're selling the, the spectrum of the TV and radio rights from WUSF. We're not making the students put in here. These numbers are real. There's real money that's being donated. The no, the no students thing, I unbelievable. Now, that jumped off the page to me. That was like, well, that's a sign they, they, they're, that's, if they were talking about trying to get student fees from it, I would have been very concerned. Yeah. And they're not, and they're doing this the right way. And so uh, I, <laughs> this, this has to happen. And, and the, the floor is, I think, higher than the risk would normally be just because of, of how much they lose and how much they get screwed by Ray J, by the Buccaneers, by the Tampa Sports Authority. Um, it's been a bad deal for a very long time. It's been a, a contentious relationship from what I've been told for a very long time. And that goes away now. And uh, we have a two-year in lease, which means we can give 24 months notice we'll have to play there anymore. I assume that once all of this gets approved, Michael Kelly's going to send a little fax over there like Pat Riley to the next and be like, well, we out? 2025? Deuces up? And we'll play a West game there in 2025 and in 2026. You know, God forbid there's a construction delay. You know, you, you figure it out. You play a couple road games or whatever you're going to do. They're going to get this done. This is going to happen. And that's incredible. You know, Weatherford said this publicly. We're going to build stadiums. I, I checked it out today. 642 days. Ago. 642 days. You go from, sounds good. Okay. Well, somebody finally put their name and face on it for the first time. Somebody took accountability and said, we're going to make this happen. They made it happen. <laughs> That doesn't through, happen at USF. Just, and especially through and two, awesome. especially through two really bad football seasons too. It's there's definitely a motivation yeah. behind the scenes to try to take a step forward. Steve, you've been um, pretty locked in on on this process. Talk about kind of the process. You've even got your heart at um, what? And I think the the biggest one of your biggest uh, shouting points on Twitter is. Uh, about renderings, right? Uh, the, as the, explain why those may not come for a while and why it might be important to understand how you're going to generate your revenue before you release renderings and things of that nature. Right. And, and, I, and to the credit of my own kind of backing, I, I'm, I'm very in tune with how this process is normally going to work. And I can kind of say, and I mentioned it earlier on Twitter, that this process for how slow it seems for USF fans is actually really, really fast. Like this has been really accelerated. I mean, Colin said 642 days since Will Weatherford said this. And I know for every rendering that the the Buffalo Bills, the University of Tennessee and the Jaguars and all these others, you know, organizations created renderings those timelines were a lot longer than what USF put forth in 642 plus days in order to, to make that progress. You know, they've been talking about renovating, uh, you know, the Jack stadium for ever since shot took it over. And so that took eight years for them to make a rendering of a stadium that already exists with a billionaire owner with fuck you amount of money. So for USF to kind of make this as to make that statement and then to be where they're currently at, which is like, 
dude, they're doing all, if, if it's like a marathon, they're doing all the training right now. They, they're, you know, within two or three weeks, they're going to be starting their first marathon. And then in two, in, in a couple of months, in a couple once, once they do the groundbreaking, that's when the marathon starts. And that's when you're going to see all the fun stuff happen. You know, the, the renderings, I, you know, I, I, at this point, it's more of a meme for me than anything, but the, the renderings are taking as long as they normally, as they are right now for multiple reasons. But the first one is they didn't have the final budget on things. So you can't, it, it's like building a new house, right? Like if you don't know how much you're going to spend, your architecture can put forth as much, can make as many renderings as they want. And you can say, yeah, that looks good. Yeah, that looks bad. I don't like this. I don't like that. But you can't have a final product until you know how much you're going to spend. And now that they know how much they're going to spend, they can finally put forth the final product and show everyone what that looks like. And they mentioned it today in the article that once they're out of the design phase, theoretically, they can make they can put a rendering out right now. They they have them. <laughs> like they they have multiple renderings for all different types of budgets. And a couple of weeks ago, when it leaked out that there was a you know, a, a rendering of one with a, with a roof that was a slight overhang and one that was a fully covered one. That's because they counted for, okay, we can get 40% of that budget. We can get 80% of that budget. We can get 100% of that budget. We can get 120% of that budget. So they, they accounted for all of that. And so that's basically where they're at. And they're, I mean, they talk to alumni, they talk to students, they talk to people in the area. They talk to as many people as they possibly could to know what's important, what's not important because they're building it for us theoretically. And when it comes out, it's going to be a drawing of a stadium. And then the stadium is going to look somewhat similar to that. And that's it. I mean, it's, it's going to generate excitement for the community for probably 13 hours. (laughs) (laughs) Like at the, at the, at the very best, it's going to like, things are just going to fly for like 13 hours. It's going to be nonstop coverage. UCF is going to tweet something stupid and FAU uh, alumni is going to tweet the something stupid and like, and then for 13 hours, that's all they're going to talk about. And then it's going to be, it's going to be gone because that's how quickly the, this day and age is going to be, but there's still going to be that residual excitement. That's going to be in the community after the fact. So, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to, you know, for the first time, you know, be invited to these groundbreaking ceremonies and be invited to more and more, um, you know, exclusive things to know how the partnership is going to be for, the skyboxes and the the naming rights and what and whatnot, but it, again, it's going to be kind of like a quiet thing until those shovels are actually in the ground. But yeah, I mean, it's it's going to happen. It, it's they're going to have a rendering at some point. I it's not a big deal. In the meantime, we're going to sell "Show Us the Rendering" T-shirts. Right. With Steve wearing that, have the art. Show us the rendering. <laughs> Colin, you had something to say. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, I told you guys last time we did a podcast. I just bought a condo here in Tampa. Um, I'm also looking at one in Las Vegas. Um, and the reason I'm looking there is because of my job, obviously. Um, as I sit here wearing a Golden Knights or a Vegas Knights uh, scarf for game uh, five of the Stanley Cup final. Um, but the reason I'm wearing the scarf is not because I love the Knights. Uh, it's because I hate the Panthers that much. If I really want them to just get smoked, I'm not. I'm not a secondary. I'm not a secondary Vegas fan. I'm a Lightning fan. This is, I am wearing the Spike scarf because I do go to I go to Golden Knights games because they're fun and I enjoy them. But they are not my team. I'm wearing this 
only because they're playing the Panthers. I hate them. Anyway, here's my, the reason I bring this up. I've seen five, five, one, two, three, four, five different renderings of stadiums of where the Oakland days are going to play in Vegas. Five. Tropicana, Riel, next to Allegiant on the other side of the, of, of the drop that they're doing right now on off I-15 and Tropicana. Um, they pump five one Vegas. Let's go. Um, and, and then two different versions of some of those. None of it's getting built. They approved three hundred eighty-seven million dollars today from the, the Nevada legislature. Um, but none of those—they're just drawings. They're photoshops that are just made up for no reason. The reason we don't have those is because about a month ago, six weeks ago, I don't know. I was invited to go to a focus group to ask, what do you want to see in a stadium? Me and a ton of other stakeholders from all over the campus, donors, students, professors, everybody asking the right questions. So you want, what would you rather have? Would you rather the drawing? Or would you rather have like people who are doing the right things and asking the right questions so that when you get a drawing, it's right and it's accurate. And it's not like the A's with their damn hill that's going over the top of the stadium that makes no flipping sense. It was like, what? you can't build it there anyway. You only have nine acres. How are you going to build this thing? It literally doesn't fit. So do you want a bullshit rendering or do you want a stadium that's thought through the right way so when you see it, it looks, it is what it's going to be. I, I, I think USF fans sometimes. I love all of you. <laughs> There are just some times where I just want to like jump off the bridge. All right, what do you guys want? Okay, well here's what you're getting. So uh, yeah, you don't want to do that, right? You don't. Want to, you and don't and want the and the worst thing that they could have they could have done, by the way, in this entire process, because I, I think a lot of this get lost past you know the front of some people's noses. If they six months ago created a rendering to generate excitement, say this is going to be our 340 million dollar stadium. And then get up to the board of trustees meeting and you get some shakier members, you know, some people may not be into it and it doesn't get approved for $340 million. It gets approved for three, like $260 million, still a pretty good investment, but that stadium is going to look vastly different. Poverty program, poverty programs here. And so that, that's the other part of it is that, you know, for, for as much as we have, we, and I say we like as a collective, everyone has shitted on USF for being dumb and tripping over their dick sometimes and making stupid decisions and rushing through things. The fact that they are doing things as diligently as they are right now to make sure that they're putting forth the right things at the right time. And Michael Kelly, God bless that man, goes on Twitter and says, hey, when we have the renderings, we'll get them out. We want to make sure it's done right. We have some ideas of what we're doing. We're still workshopping some things. But we want to have the final rendering so that when you guys see USF's on-campus stadium, what you see is what you're going to get. And he's met with people saying, fuck you, Michael Kelly. Give me rendering. I want to jerk off to a col- to a fucking college football rendering of a stadium for six hours and then forget about it so that I can bitch about Alex Golish losing to Western Kentucky in his first game. Like... It's it's a short-sighted thing to just beg and beg and beg for nothing more than a cartoon drawing mm-hmm. of something. If they never released a rendering and then all of a sudden it just appeared, it would be the greatest, like, they just started there like, yep, no rendering, uh, shovels in the ground next week. Would you rather have a rendering 
Would you rather have a rendering or a baseball and softball stadium where if you foul a ball off at the baseball stadium, it doesn't kill a left fielder in the softball stadium? Because that's what happened the last time we had renderings. And we didn't have a damn clue of what we're doing. And we go, and we go, oh, can't happen. Opening night. And we almost kill a left fielder twice. It's like by the fifth inning. Get out of here. I'm sick. Look, just let the- I understand USS administration deserves like not a lot of extended uh Lua. and forgiveness there have been a lot of things they screwed up over the years but this is a different this is a, the people that are doing this are different people and they're doing it the right way get out of the way and just let them you know we do yeah i just um, i like to be on a billboard with a rendering it says welcome to the big ford florida football stadiums <laughs> the same guy, the same guy who, the same guy who put that billboard together, is the same guy who lied about decapitating left fielders. Well, there you go. That's true. Um, I, I didn't see we had a question from Stephen earlier. Um, like what it was that twenty minutes ago. Um, that I want to, I want to get to to ask this. Um, from my knowledge on what's been going on, he asked, uh, "Will the stadium have any type of dome over the field? Thirty-five thousand seats? Can it be increased later?" Uh, first question, as of right now, no dome. Um, again, still in the design phase. They're still piecing it out. Um, they have expressed uh, the idea to Barton Malo and Populous of potentially having a dome, but they're probably not going to go through with that. It, again, it's one of... I'm, it, it, you call and look to me like I just had like 17 heads. Um, they introduced it as an idea to see if it was feasible and with what how they're going to build this it is not feasible so no dome they 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 feasibility studied it no dome uh 35,000 seats uh capacity is probably going to be what like 38,000 uh with with boxes and standing room and everything like that and i know there's um maybe some ideas of having a burn for students se- uh the student section so that could be uh, extended out a little bit more, um, but it will have the ability to be increased upon later. And I think that's the key. And I think a lot of people and in their instant reaction um, who are not so keen on USF uh, in this USF world, they said $340 million for a 35,000 seat stadium. The math ain't bad from there. That's that's a lot of dollars per seat. But when you account for the fact that that's a $340 million stadium that can be decreased to 40 45 maybe even fifty thousand seats at a later time and it's done the right way so that when you expand it that much more it's done properly and can be done correctly then that price tag doesn't look so bad when you do it later on when you say okay we're going to do this expansion we're going to add you know ten thousand seats and oh yeah this is only going to cost us uh yeah 90 million dollars because we put the structure in place properly recently so I wouldn't be too concerned about the initial thirty-five thousand. And real quick, and there's also the other right. There's there's going to be uh, other building attached. Does that still on right? Uh, yeah, there's going to be a. They're going to tax some stuff onto it as well. But the the other thing I learned this construction the last time we did facilities, which was Corbett Dome, baseball, softball. I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah. Um, the last time I went through this, the the roof is super expensive to build. And that was for baseball and softball. It'll be really, really expensive to build for football. And that's for 
two reasons. One, cantilever, cantilever roofs are just extensive. It's, but two, in Florida, you got a hurricane proof it. So it's got to be able to stand 200 mile per hour winds. And that makes shade prohibitively expensive to build. Um, so just keep that in mind. Like that when you see like sunshine, you go, oh, it's going to sit with sunshine. Well, students, <laughs> you, know, you might get cooked. Um, you know, if you, if you want some like $49 group on season tickets, you, you might be baking a little bit if there's some noon kicks in August and September. Free for um, the visitors too. Yeah. I, I, I learned a lot about, you know, the, the construction process and everything. And boy, we screwed it up the last time. I just don't want to see that happen again. But one of the big, big concerns is that you have to hurricane proof everything and that the roof is by far the most expensive thing. I can't imagine what a dump would be because I mean, yeah, close. That was such a tease. That was a big tease by Stieg just bringing up the word dome. I thought I didn't, I didn't think that was necessary, Stieg. I'm sorry. Well, it, in fairness, it wasn't necessarily a dome. It was, uh, it was a, it was a breezeway, um, which I, my initial reaction when I, I'm saying too much. Uh, my initial reaction when I saw it was, that's not going to survive a hurricane. <laughs> there's no there's no way that thing would stand um but yeah i mean it, it, as far as you know what they're going to end up having at the final product it's going to look really cool it's going to look really spiffy we're all going to love it we're all going to try to steal something off the walls in the first game so that we can have the piece of uh usf history in our own homes you know i'm planning on taking a seat i don't know about you guys uh i'm bringing my allen wrench to the first game yeah <laughs> i i think the uh the other um aspect of this we you see you talked about kind of saying it's very some people are thinking how expensive it is per like on a per seat basis um i think it was mentioned in the it, it was mentioned today uh florida university of florida is thinking about doing uh renovations to their football stadium and they're not you know building a new structure or anything they might just be moving some things around maybe changing up how concourses and things like that are adding maybe adding like a kitchen for concessions and they're they're saying that's going to be uh they said initially it's going to be in the couple they said a few or a couple hundred million dollars renovation and that's for a structure that's already standing so i don't think the price is that outrageous uh, despite the size of the stadium. I think it also kind of lends you to think it's going to have some pretty, I'd imagine it's going to be designed with uh, modern amenities and things like that. And uh, more of those kind of modern structural ideas throughout it. So um, that would lend me to think he's above the year. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, that's the modern amenities that I want. I want to be able to, if I got to go piss in the middle of a game, I want there a little TV there so I can see what's going on, so I don't have to, you know, worry about anything like that. Yeah, so we'll the- at San, San Diego State Stadium costs 35,000 seats. Um, so yeah, construction costs continue to rise. So three forty is totally reasonable. Well, the the, we the shade, the shade that they're going to put in is the extra thirty million dollars. More than that, they'll need, they'll need a little more shade than Snapdragon had. We don't want any people passing yeah, out yeah. The, for first game. Yeah, so uh, you, know, you don't really need even even eight miles in one. You don't really need to worry about that too much. <laughs> um, I'll go around the horn here. We'll start with Doctor Matt. What do you think? Kind of the impact is. Um, this is something Nathan wanted to ask. And you know, what do you what do you think the impact is going to be in the short term for the stadium, not just in you know for the team 
kind of for school and alumni and then long term, what are you hoping the impact is of having the stadium on campus? And we'll go we'll go around the horn here. We'll start Dr. Matt. Well, a couple of things I'm hoping for is just uh, impact on university culture. Um, having a center of university culture where people can hang out uh, is something that the university frankly needs. Our students having a sense of community. Um, USF has a fairly large campus. I kind of forgot that until I went to Mississippi and now at Notre Dame. They're, those campuses are r- relatively smaller uh, compared to USF. USF is just you know walking from where the stadium is going to be all the way over to the engineering building is almost a two mile walk. Um, so trying to get students to have an opportunity to go somewhere, be together, and uh, just have a sense of community will be a definitive plus. Giving uh, alumni, or, uh, alumni are going to want to come back for the one of those first few games. That's I, I can tell you right now. I definitely want to come back for uh, that that first season. Um, and then it's building on that momentum. How can you uh, take advantage of that to, to say, okay, let's say uh, Alex Golish is doing really well. Is in year four. Uh, knock on wood, he's competing for a potential one of these. Uh, playoff bids or whatever it's going to happen. It changes every year. Who knows? Um, but building that kind of um, community and momentum that brings in donors, that brings in people who can, uh, you, you can put them in front of a faculty member and say, Hey, this person's doing really awesome research in that area. Uh, would you like to do some benefaction? And suddenly uh, we're improving some facilities where it it's, I don't want to use trickle down economics for obvious reasons, but I do think that it's a good front porch to the institution that we currently don't have. Um, we Everything's really growing, but getting people in and saying, hey, uh, maybe you had some bad experiences with USF in the past. Maybe your uh, friend or daughter got decapitated at a softball game. Um, <laughs> um, you know, here's a good reason to come back. We're in the AAU now. We got a really good football uh, stadium. We did it the right way. It's built up. It's a great place to be. I think that um, all of those things are really potential uh, benefits uh, to to growing uh, the university culture. So that's what I'm what I'm really hoping for. So Steve, what about you? What do you think in short term and then long term? Kind of what are you hoping? I mean, the short term is is I think the more crucial aspect of it. Um, college sports to me is is very cyclical football in particular can be very cyclical as far as teams are good teams are bad teams are good teams are bad teams are good teams are bad conferences are good conferences are bad one and so forth and and there's there's examples of you know outliers but for the most part usf just kind of needs to find itself back into like not basement dollar but they don't necessarily need to be like you know top dog or anything like that you don't need to you know have the unreasonable expectations but for the short term, you can at least hope that you're fielding a competitive team. And because you're fielding a competitive team, more people can come back to campus and more people want to come to campus and more people want to visit USF and more people want to, you know, say, hey, you know, we have an away game at USF this year. Let's go to that. Brings more revenue and brings more, more opportunities to not just the USF, or the USF, you know, campus, but also the surrounding areas so that you can start to build that up a little bit more eventually kind of re-engaging a positive college experience for the students, a positive alumni experience, you know, the economics behind it, you know, yes, we can talk about, you know, the, the economics of a $340 million stadium, but 
if you start to invest in air more and more, then that Temple Terrace Fowler Avenue and you know the the between Fowler and Fletcher is no longer this joke of oh stay away from Fletcher Walmart oh stay away from you know um, Nebraska Avenue or anything like that. Then it becomes hey there's this really bumping area you know, in a very popular part of the state and and can you know be uh, be a big deal in this state again. And and then hopefully the long term is more and more investment back into the stadium and to the campus and to the area so that, you know, it's not just football as the front porch of things, but if you need to redo the, the baseball complex, you want to redo the, the Yingling Center, the Corbett Stadium, the track stadium, you have those, and, and God forbid, some point need to update the tennis facility. It's been... It's been way too long. Uh, someone on I, I saw on Twitter, someone was, yeah, this is great, but like, when are you guys going to update the tennis complex? It's not going to cost three hundred and forty million dollars to do that. Uh, we really need to update that. It was funny, sweet, like, holy shit, this person is me. <laughs> like, um, and yeah, get the Todd bumping, as Heath said. Um, but Heath, I just want to say you are killing it, my man. You're, you're comp- <laughs> I don't know a little level. I would just be like firing back at you with the comments right now, like because I don't, I don't have a, a login for this thing, so I don't know how to do it. But like, my man, I love you. You're the best. Um, and I hope, I hope we're racing Corgis at the new football stadium on opening night, my man. You deserve it. There's like, um, yeah, Paige hates those copy pastas, by the way. So I keep on sending them to her. Um, but yeah, and this is it. it that's a it's, that's a perk of the Discord right there. He, he posted a, a copy pasta like ten minutes after the announcement of the AAU, and I was like, did he write one that fast? Though, like, the devil works hard, but Heath works harder. Incredible every time. It's it's Heath's Heath's ability to make copy pastas is only. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to, um, his ability to just create these things out of thin air with the greatest emojis with the greatest raunchiness that would offend and kill anyone over the age of 79 is just incredible to me I love it but yeah true skill it's gonna it's gonna suck for like six months and uh you know the budget's gonna look bad but hey we're going to play in an on-campus stadium. I'm going to get trashed off of some Ying beer and, and have some fun with it. Colin, short-term, long-term, what do you order the impacts or what are you hoping for in, uh, as, a, as an alum and somebody that's been close to the program for a long time? This is the only thing I care about. Um, I'm in, I can't even count how many group texts with USF alums. I care, you know, I'm... <laughs> I'm buying a house, my real estate manager for the basketball team. Um, I talk to literally somebody of, you know, around USF every single day of my life. Um, the university's had a tremendous impact on me personally, professionally, all those things. And it's cause I cared about you know, boils down to it. Basically I, it's cause I cared about sports at first. That's what got me in. And then you know, I did some stuff around the university as well, but like, is what got me to care to give a shit i think the people of my generation and a little bit after me still care still care to this day um because of the experiences that they that they got to have as undergrads um you know we were there at a really special time where it felt like the roof was gonna come off the place and we were just gonna you know rock it to the top 10 and be one of america's next great universities 
light detour, big detour. Um, sort of like that I-95 at Silly right now detour. Yeah, <laughs> but damn, road collapsed. Um, <laughs> and that's Jeff Scott era. Yeah, well, not just Jeff Scott era, but like it, the failure to invest in what you had. Um, hate putting emphasis on the wrong things. And I think we lost a generation of kids um, who don't, you know, you go to campus and there's so many kids who just don't give a damn about football or university. They're there to go to school and that's great. Go get a great education. It's an AAU school. That's a fantastic thing. But the fact that you, you're you not tied to university emotionally is bad for the long-term health of the school because we need you to come back, be involved, be engaged, help, you know, not just athletics, but campus-wide. And we lost a lot of those kids, um, you know, that just sort of went to USF to go to USF. That can't happen again. And so this, as a, we lost what made it special to be a USF student. And this, I think, is the biggest possible step that you could take to get kids emotionally engaged again about being proud that they are bulls and that they want to go to USF and that it is a university of first choice. Um, yeah, this is the, this is the biggest possible step you could take in that direction. But yeah, I'm super excited. I, I was always like stadium schmadium. Like I was never, um, like we had to have this or anything like that. We're playing a frigging, you know, stadium that's hosted three Super Bowls. Like how bad could it be? You know, I think we got to a point though, where it, it just, it had to happen, you know, for various reasons various incompetence by usf um you, this is your only out you know well well weatherford is right it's worse to not do it yeah. because then you're just stasis and stasis is death so you know we're <laughs> we're not throwing hail mary but i think we're throwing like a five yard in you know and like we need to hit it um you know it's a little slant route i there's a little risk there it could get knocked out of the widest scrimmage you know somebody could glitch it you know but i think in the long run you're gonna complete that pass more than you're not it's gonna um, you know, move the chains a little. Yeah. You know, I, I, to me, this is, I think, you know, college football should be played on campus, right? So as someone that just loves college football, I think this is a great step. My, my grandfather went to the University of Florida in the 50s. He became a season ticket holder shortly thereafter. Um, he took my dad and my uncle to games. So they constantly back to campus. He took us to games. And constantly going back on campus as young kids that's something i think that is the key driver of college football to me and i think in the south especially kind of that heirloom like uh passing down of fandom and a lot of that involves going back to campus so i think having a stadium on campus and now future generations you'll be able to bring children and grandchildren to campus uh show them around when they're young and then show them the stadium and, and be able to congregate with with a, a group of like-minded people and other alums um i think it's crucial to growing a program and you know, these are the, and this is something my dad and my grandpa both said to me because they, uh, they went through the ringer as Florida fans, right? They constantly said the best time, the time you always kind of wish you had as a fan is when your program is on the rise, right? When you're coming up, because once you get kind of towards the top, it's everything, it's all kind of downhill, right? You're seeing where Florida's at now, right? 
the rise is always the best part. I think with this, you're kind of, you know, the rise started a while ago. It kind of tapered off, right? Like you said, on some detours, but getting on campus stadium, I think really kind of starts cements and restarts that rise. And this is the best part of being a fan is when you're, when you're on the come up. Um, so I, I think this could be, a, have a really big, really big impact, not just in terms of, um, you know, probably it'll probably give a recruiting bump and things like that as well. But uh, just engagement from the community, engagement from the fan base um, should be a huge, huge impact there. So, yeah. And now Hillsborough I mean, County, do your part and build some public trends to get people there. That needs to be nice. Seriously. Like you can't just have, you know, 40,000 cars parking on game day. It's just going to be a bleep shot. So, you know, all right, Hillsborough County, figure it out. Light rail, BRT, whatever it's got to be, figure it out. I mean, that would just be good for getting students to campus who are uh, uh, commuters, like even not during football games, just on a regular basis. That would really help. Um, just having, forgive me from going into a little bit of our challenge with uh, computer engineering and, and chip education, but being able to get uh, on campus to do, to work with specific tools and having going through a virtual private network that significantly slows down your chip design and fabrication, um, not having public transport makes it really hard for students to get on campus and is actually a barrier to students to getting into certain engineering fields. So that's one potential benefit for that, not just from football, but if you're developing a really good public transport to get students to campus, you can get single parents, you can get students from low income uh, uh, communities who can get to campus, do those specific kind of tasks, get support from TAs and uh, students. And so now you're, that's an additional added uh, economic benefit to the community. Nerd, damn right. <laughs> I, was, I thought you were frozen for a second, Steve. I wasn't quite sure. But he's just waiting. Nerd. I, I was waiting. I was. Uh, <laughs> I didn't. I want to interrupt for Matt. Uh, he's he's too smart for me. He would. He would. I would say nerd, and he would say a word that I've never heard before, and uh, then just cause my tiny brain to explode. Any, uh, we're coming up on, I think over an hour now. Any, any kind of final thoughts on, uh, obviously once we get more info on terms of design and things like that, I'm sure we'll be, um, we'll be all over that, but any, any final thoughts on this, uh, the approval, I think somebody in the chat asked, is the stadium happening? Uh, it would seem to be looking like it is happening. Yeah. So it was approved. So, uh, final thoughts going around the room here. We'll start, let's start with Colin. We'll go, we'll go the other way. Uh, go Knights go, uh, but I don't mean the ones up the street on I-4. I mean the ones in the desert. Uh, they're up 6-1, and I'm very excited. That's a great, great day. It's a great day. Um, yeah, I, big day in history, University of South Florida. Like, this is big. Um, they invested. They committed. The alignment, I mean, you know, I know the work that used repeatedly to mean the day alignment, alignment, alignment. Yeah, this is what alignment is. This is everybody going, okay, we're pulling... We're all going to row in one direction here. Um, we're taking a bit of a chance. We're going to invest and we're going to do what should have been done a long, long time ago to make this program what it should be. Um, there is too much of a recruiting base here for football. There's too much enthusiasm for the sport. There is, there is too many, there are too many people in a growing community, um, that to support this product to not have it be successful. And we just sort of let it, you know, let it go. And that goes to a lot of people. That ain't happening anymore. Um, everything that I've wanted to see as a USF fan, but for the DSL, 
but everything that I've wanted to see for USFM the last few three years, I think we're really starting to see it. Um, it's a slow process. It'd be nice if we could win a few more games. Like again, we've won one FBS game since October of 2019. Like that's absurd. Got to win some games um, across all sports. But we're starting beach volleyball, starting lacrosse team. The fact that we're growing in those areas that we are still committed to expanding this program to making it um, a bigger part of of the university that it's growing. I'm excited. And I've always just said, play the long game. And finally, it's the people that are playing the long game. We're not just looking short term. We're not just like looking for the PR win or whatever. And, you know, I'm going to go off on a five minute rant. So I'm going to do that. It's a great day for the university. I'm excited. Dr. Matt. Uh, Colin hit on uh, a lot of great things. I think that, um, you know, when we started the podcast, uh, we just, for years and years, we've, felt like we've got a lot of bad news. And so we, we focused on, we focused on the DSO. We focused on a lot of the negative. We focused on articles in the Tampa Bay times. It just kind of, it, it's nice to have positive things coming. Uh, and that's a sign of proper leadership. I really, I'm, I'm really excited. Um, not getting to the big 12 has been the kick in the butt. This university is needed. Um, and my last thing about this stadium thing, if nothing else, the fact that we're doing more business with the Vinix and less business with the Glazers is always a good thing. Steve. Preach. No thoughts. <laughs> Not a safe thought for it up here right now. You got intimidated by me talking about quantum computing. You're just like, no, no. Yeah, exactly. No, let's get scared. Steve, I mean, he's like the Young's double slit experiment. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, it, it's it's been a long time coming, and I think to go off engine on a slightly different thing is the. I think a lot of instant reaction by some people were USF is like this is all for nothing. USF has already missed the realignment, but you know the, this is a waste of money. Why are they doing this? Yada yada yada. First off, realignment has been happening. Realignment is always going to happen. Realignment is always happening as these things happen. The current shift towards what the uh, what football into might uh, make things a little bit more difficult. Um, but USF is always in going to be an attractive market, you know, one way or another. It's always going to be in conversation. So there's there's no there's there's one boat sails on by, another boat is going to come thereafter. There's no worry about it. Build the stadium, do it the right way, start winning games, start winning conference championships, you know, put things out there. You know, th- this is the first step to doing that. It's it's the small habits and doing the small things and build the big thing that you've been putting off the last 10 years. Um, I'm glad it's finally happening. All right. A good day for USF DSO notwithstanding. Uh, we'll just get some... Uh, We'll do some quick market research here in the chat. Now, what, what can we charge for this shirt? What can we, <laughs> what, what can we, $10? What can we do? 20, 20, 30. Portion of the proceeds, portion of the proceeds, of course, to the stadium. There you go. Right, exactly. All right, so, all right, so we'll, we'll, 1999, we'll take, we'll, we'll take it. All right, guys, thanks for coming on. Uh, we're over an hour now. Colin's got to go um, 
celebrate on Twitter and 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 get this the spike scarf I got nothing with her in the semi helicopter. He has to manage his yeah. condos in Vegas. Yes, his multiple I know the plan is is that I'm going to spend like six months a year here and six months a year there, and then I'm going to whatever I'm the one I'm not in, I'm going to like rent out when I'm back here. That's sort of the like goal. Those are two probably pretty good markets for that, huh? Yeah, and that's kind of the theory. Um, so we'll see if it works out. Uh, <laughs> but let's get the one done first, and then uh, we'll, we'll deal with the rest. But uh, I'm excited, and uh, this is hey, good. Hey, you know what? Go balls. Go Bulls! Nathan, Nathan was also excited. Uh, his internet just hates him. So uh, we'll get I'm water on so, <laughs> the old dog water, hot dog water internet. We'll get Nathan on uh, to give his thoughts later on. Speaking the dogs are excited. Everybody's excited. Violet, Violet, let's get it. Hey, Joey, if you uh, if you want more news and, and uh, copy pastas and all that great stuff, join our Discord. You can direct message us on Twitter. Show us your following us on Twitch or YouTube, and uh, get in the tw- get in the Discord. Everybody here uh, is in there occasionally, so uh, you can talk to us directly, share some inside info, and you get the awesome copy pasta. So join us <laughs> there. Huh? Go ahead, and, and maybe that maybe that T-shirt. Yeah, if you get a T-shirt. Um, also, like I know some people like pinging and send me questions. Like if you. Like I don't check Discord. I try and keep my devices turned off so I can like do my job and shit. Like I've turned off Slack on my phone and things like that. Um, but if you guys have questions, I'll you know just at me on Discord. Uh, I'll probably be able to help with this kind of stuff um, more than anything else about like what's going on with football recruiting or anything else you normally care about. But with like stadium stuff and DSO, that's sort of my alley um, wick, if you will. Last question for Colin before we get out of here. What's the winning score going to be at the U.S. Open? Oh, man. Um, do you see that 11 toll, by the way? Oh, my God. I've seen a couple of videos. Look around. 290-yard par three, bunkered front, bunkered back, falls off three sides. Totally normal. Hard Good luck. Seven? Six, seven? Yeah. These guys are good, man. They're really good. And there's some there's some gettable. The, wet, the weather looks like it's going to be good. So it's going to be, I think, kind of gettable, especially in the back or the back nine. Um, I mean, it's 500-yard par fours, but like it's gettable 500-yard par fours. So. Yeah. That's not in my, that's not in my uh, bag. So, all right, guys, thanks again. <laughs> yeah. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. Go Bulls. <laughs>